Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of Technically It Is Real. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And this is it, man. We're, we're back after a two-week hiatus. I had uh, some car issues last week. But nonetheless, we are back here live on North Coast Underground here in beautiful Valley View, Ohio. It is a cold one. It's about, what, 20-some degrees outside, you know, some some snows, a little ice last night. But, you know, we got it together. We got it going. But it's a beautiful morning, beautiful but cold. So you make sure you wear them hats. Make sure you wear everything, you know, layer up because you don't want to go out there with, uh, with a tank top and, a, and some shorts and some flip-flops. Uh, you're going to get some hypothermia if you do that. So, anyway, welcome back. You know, like I said, Two-week hiatus, had some car issues, but we are back here. And we're back here on Saturdays for the first time in almost a month. You know, the schedule kind of got thrown off with the holidays, and then the COVID happened. And then, again, had the holiday thing where we did an episode on Thursday. Uh, That was real fun and everything. We even had a power outage. So let's hope that we don't have a power outage again. Uh, Just a couple announcements before we continue on with the show. Um, You can listen to the replays on Spotify, on Anchor, on Google Podcasts. Just type in Technically It Is Real in the search bar. If you go to Google Podcasts, just type in Google Podcasts in the search bar. Then click click on the link that leads you to the podcast. Google, type in Technically It Is Real. Also, Technically It Is Real finally, finally has a Twitter page as well. Just go to Twitter and type in T-I-R underscore five nine. You can get updates, news, and I'll also be doing Twitter Spaces on there. If you don't know what Twitter Spaces is, it is plain and simple. Twitter Spaces is basically just a podcast format. You just do it live and everything like that. People can join in and everything like that. It is a new thing. It is very good, very fresh, very different for Twitter. So go ahead and follow T-I-R underscore 59 on Twitter. And also follow the page for me as well at Tyrell W. Jackson one on Twitter as well. That is Tyrell W. Jackson one on Twitter. So without further ado, without all the announcements and everything like that, let's get into it. You know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is Jobber of the Week. If you're new to the show, Jobber of the Week, plain and simple. You just got to be the biggest idiot known to man. You got to be the biggest idiot. Maybe you made a dumb decision. Maybe you've done some stupid, dumb decisions. You know, hey, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. But it's some things that could be avoidable that make a job of the week. Prime example, Dan Snyder, always, always, always honorary job of the week. He will always be honorary job of the week every single week because he's just that bad of a human being and everything like that. The NFL will always be an honorary job of the week because they keep hiding those emails. We only release John Gruden emails and a little bit of Adam Schefter's emails, but we don't release the other 650,000 emails, but we can write a 400 page about a deflated football. Yes, you will always be job of the week, but job of the week this week, Joe Judge. Joe Judge is out in New New York, and we're going to get into the coach's firings. We're going to get into into who I think should take each position. We're going to get into the ratings of of how uh, of how good the job is and everything like that. But Joe Judge gets job of the week because New York plays the Washington football team. Now, this is after he's talking about the Giants. I mean, not the Giants, but the New York football team. I mean, the Washington football team being a clown show. Now, he's not wrong about of about the organization being a clown show but if you're going to talk about an organization being a clown show you better make sure your organization got his things and his ducks lined up in a row so on second and 11 second and 11 now they're playing their third string quarterback because they had issues with daniel jones they had issues with mike glennon so they're playing jake Fromm, 
State Farm. So Jake, so Jake Fromm is in there. Second eleven, they run a quarterback sneak. So that kind of makes some sense, and then maybe you want to get away from the goal line a little bit, just in case if you don't convert the third down, you give your punter a little bit of room. Makes sense, perfectly fine. But you're not down by many points. I think at the time they were down by three, but you're not down by many points. Third and nine happens. You already gained two yards off the quarterback sneak, which is a little surprising. But like I said, I understand it on the second 11. You're backed up into your own goal line. Maybe you want to give your punter some extra room just in case if you don't get the first down or whatever it may be. But then 39 happens. And they line up in victory formation. Or as we're going to call it here because they weren't winning and this is the second quarter. We're going to call it the surrender formation. Because this team, that play calling was surrendering. They surrendered their entire season. They summed up the New York football Giants season in one play. In one play. And he calls a quarterback sneak again. Third and nine. Third and nine. At your own goal line. Now you have a quarterback that is a third string quarterback. But you have a quarterback that can throw the ball. I ain't saying he ain't throwing the ball the best, but he can throw the ball. And you telling me you can't draw up a, a, a 39 play? There are 39 plays in every single team's game plan, in every single team's playbook. And you sitting back and telling me you can't draw up a 39 on your own goal line? You draw up a quarterback sneak? Yeah, Joe Judge, your coaching gets you job to week, but not just your coaching. You talk mess about the Washington football team, which it is a clown show. It is a massive clown show over there. Massive. There is no doubts about it, no ifs, ands, buts about it. The, the, the Washington football team is a laughing joke. Ron Rivera is trying to right the ship. He's trying to change the culture and everything like that over there. But as long as Dan Snyder's up there, it's, it's, it's Dan Snyder. The culture ain't going to change that much. Like it's, They're starting to change because they're getting caught. And Ron Rivera ain't taking that crap that they did. But you're sitting back and saying, you're sitting back and saying, oh, the culture here is great. You know, it's so great that former players are texting me talking about, oh, they want to come back to the New York football giants. They want to come back and be a part of the culture. Yeah, you showed us how real good that culture was when you decided to quarterback sneak on the third and nine, being down in the second quarter, what great culture. What great culture. Plain and simple. That is the best culture in the world. That means, yeah, you know, OC's texting me and and, and Justin Tuck and, and all these other guys. I think Eli even wants to come back, you know. They, they're texting me like, yeah, you know, we, we want to come back. We want to play for the New York Giants. I would not want to play for a coach that sit there and put me in a surrender position. There is no way in H-E double hockey sticks that I will play for a coach that sit back and tell me, okay, go out there 39 and quarterback sneak it. There is no way, there is no way that I would do that or even remotely want to play for a coach like that. Who would want to play for that? That's why Joe Judge got fired. And they say Joe Judge didn't get fired because of that. Like, that's the thing about the Giants, and we're going to get into it. Trust me, people, that's the thing about the Giants. They don't like to fire people, but you got to fire somebody that sat back and QB sneaked it on a third and nine in the second quarter. In the middle of a game, you got to get rid of that person. 
There is no if, ands, buts about it. And if that's not the main reason, that just shows you where the Giants are right now as an organization. That's just where they at. And it's an embarrassment that the New York football Giants are playing this bad year in and year out. It is an embarrassment that they go through Ben McAdoo, that they go through Pat Shermer, that they go through Joe Judge. Three coaches that they should not hire, and Ben McAdoo even led him to an 11-5 record and led him to the playoffs. Ben McAdoo was not the right guy. Then Pat Shermer had looked a little good, so they're like, huh, Pat Shermer, yeah, let's bring him on. I could have told you Pat Shermer was going to be a good hire. He sucked here in Cleveland. He sucked here in Cleveland, so what makes you think that was a good hire? The man sucked here in Cleveland. The man couldn't even understand run schemes. Here in Cleveland. Are you serious right now? He, he, You thought he was the guy that was going to write in the ship here in New York? And then Joe Judge. Now, I am not against special team coordinators getting, getting jobs. I think, matter of fact, special team coordinators should have more of an opportunity to get jobs. But they're not the most sexiest position. They're not the most sexiest coaches. They don't get a lot of attention on TV or even in, or even in the media. It's all about the offensive and defensive coordinator. But special teams is extremely important. I am a proponent of, of a great special teams coordinator getting a head coaching opportunity. Like even Mike Prefer here, here in Cleveland, I think he does an excellent job being an interim head coach. And also, I think if he gets a head coaching job somewhere else, I think he'll do a great job. But overall, I'm not against, you know, special team coordinators getting, getting the position. But Joe Judge makes it look like this is the reason why we don't hire special team coordinators. And – if Joe Judge is your reason why you shouldn't hire special team coordinators, then definitely John Harbaugh should be your reason why you hire special team coordinators. See, a lot of people forget John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator when he got hired by the Baltimore Ravens back in 2008. It's time to sit back and give special team coordinators more opportunities, but then you get a jabroni-like Joe Judge surrendering and telling his team, we're giving up and we're giving up now. And that comes after a week after talking trash about the opponent that you're playing. And you tell your team, okay, let's go out there and quarterback sneaking on a third and nine. I wouldn't want to play for that. I don't know too many people who would want to sit back and play for that. I don't know too many people that sit back and be like, yeah, I play, I play for a coach that tell me to go quarterback sneaking on a third and nine. Who even thinks about play calling like that? The second 11 one I got. I understood that one. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the one that doesn't get talked about because it's understandable if you want to try to get a little bit away from your goal line and just be like, okay, look, let's give our punter some room here. But the 39 play is what gets me. It's, it's ridiculous. But you thought Joe Judge was the only job of the week. The next job of the week it, it, it's our beloved Cleveland Browns. Now, why is the Cleveland Browns job of the week? What a year. What a year we had. Jesus, what a year we had. I thought this team, and this is what this is what I get for giving this team some goddamn gone expectations. This is what I get. Every time I give them expectations, this is what they do. I thought this team could go and compete for a Super Bowl. I thought this team could compete for a Super Bowl. I thought that we was going to be one of the top four teams in the entire NFL, make it to the AFC Championship game, possibly face the Kansas City Chiefs. I was saying after week one when we lost to Kansas City, I was like, Kansas City don't want to see us in the playoffs. That's what I said. And look where look where we're at. Eight and nine, no playoffs. Baker Mayfield's trash. Baker Trashfield. Like, like, oh, my God. 
Yes, your job of the week because you have one of the more talented rosters in the NFL and you didn't even sniff the playoffs. This is supposed to be our division, our year, our time, and you let the other team from Ohio, and really I consider Cincinnati Kentucky because, I mean, you drive through Cincinnati and then you're right there in Kentucky. You let these people from Ohio, Ohio-Tucky, you know, take take the AFC North. You, you, you let the Ravens embarrass you on Sunday Night Football, even after Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. You let Pittsburgh, you let the Steelers absolutely embarrass you on national TV, and we are a better team than them. They outplayed us. They outcoached us in every single asset of the game. Their offense absolutely sucks. And the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers and not the Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs is a tragedy. Not for America. Actually, it kind of is for America because we do draw some high numbers. But this is a tragedy. You could have been the seventh seed. We could have been facing Kansas City again. And here you are losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers twice. Twice. And we're better than that. Here you are losing, losing games that we should have won, losing every single tiebreaker that we needed. But, hey, we beat Cincinnati. We beat the AFC North champion. Woo! Throw a celebration. Yeah, we just beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that'll show them. Yeah, get out of here with that mess. Come on now. Yeah, the Browns are jobbers of the week. <laughs> Because, dude, we can't even make the playoffs. Okay. Miles Garrett, Davian Clowney, uh, Malik McDowell, Awusa Koromora. You got, God, you got Awusa Koromora. You got, you got Greedy Williams. You got Denzel Ward. You got John Johnson. You got Grandale Pitt. And I'm just naming the defense. You got Anthony Walker. I'm just naming the defense. I ain't even going to offense. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, which he had his problems this year. You got David Njoku. You got Harrison Bryant. You got Donovan Peoples-Jones when he can actually catch and, and make the route runners. You didn't use Anthony Schwartz at all throughout this year. You didn't use Schwartz. You didn't use Higgins. Schwartz showed you game one that he can stretch the field. Schwartz showed you game one that he's a deep threat. You got two deep threats on this team. And that's Stefanski as well. Stefanski, that's that's Van Pelt, that's Baker Trashfield, that's that's everybody. This team got to make some adjustments. This team got to get it right. And we're going to talk about that after this commercial break. We're going to talk about the three things that I think the Cleveland Browns need to do to improve on make uh, on next year's uh, throughout the offseason so they can sit back, make the playoffs, and make a run for a championship. You are listening to Technically It Is Real here on North Coast Underground. We'll be right back after these messages. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For, for taking, taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. If you drive buzzed, it could cost you around $10,000. You'll face major legal fees, major fines, and steep insurance penalties. You could lose everything. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. As an 18-year-old... I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school and I didn't do it. 
10 years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Technically It Is Real. So like I said in the last segment, uh, we're going to talk about the Browns offseason picture. The three notes that I got for the Cleveland Browns, what I think they should do in the offseason, how they should go about it and everything like that. And let's bring up number one. Let's bring up Baker Mayfield. I think that is a key thing. Now, I don't know if Stefanski's the right guy here, but Stefanski definitely got to get rid of the um, – got to get rid of the play calling duties. I think that's really number one. Stefanski need to step back and be an actual NFL head coach. You have worked your way up through the ranks from being a video assistant to being a quarterback coach to being uh, to being a offensive coordinator. Now you're the head coach of a football team. Take that step back. Take that step back. Give it to somebody else, whether it's Van Pelt or somebody else. Take that step back. Figure it out from there, whatever it may be. But just worry about managing the clock, managing the game, and everything in between about that. Don't worry about the play calling or none of that. Give the play calling rights over. But let's talk about Baker Mayfield, former first overall pick. You know how that goes. Uh, look, this team has been improved drastically since he's been here. Like, I think we – I think we know what it is. Like, yes, we're frustrated because we see the potential that the Cleveland Browns can be. And then we also see Baker Mayfield kind of holding this team back. You can sit back and say his injuries or whatever it may be. But, hey, if you're out there on that field, you got to play. That's plain and simple. That's my philosophy on it. I'm not going to sit back and understand the hurt that he's going through or the injuries that he's going through. I never had those type of injuries. But if you're going to play, you got to play. It's like going to work sick, you know, before COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you go to work sick, you're still expected to do your job. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like, hey, you're sick. You kind of need to go away. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, uh, Baker, Baker is – I don't think he's the guy here. He might be the guy somewhere else, but here in Cleveland, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the Cleveland Browns fans, they, they're sitting back and just being like, you know, like, hey, you know, it's 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 oh it's Baker. He's the best quarterback we've had since since we've gotten back. Look where we were. We were 0 and 16. We're in a better position. Yes, that's all true. Baker is the best quarterback we've had since since we've have come back. You know, we've had some flashes in the pan, but Baker Mayfield over, overall is the better quarterback. Baker Mayfield is the guy that has led us to the playoffs. Baker Mayfield is the guy that brought some swagger and some pride back to Cleveland Browns football. I will not sit back and deny that at all. But what I sit back and say this. Now it is time for us to win a championship. Now it is time for us to pursue a championship. And Baker, I don't think it's the guy. If you're going to keep Baker, because they've already exercised his fifth-year option. They exercised his fifth-year option last year after that stellar run in the playoffs and everything like that. If you're going to exercise, you exercise his fifth-year option, but you've got to bring in some competition. Because there is no pressure. There's no pressure from, from the coaching staff on Baker. Like, Baker's pressure is winning games and everything like that. But there's no pressure of him actually losing his job, and it showed. The man playing with a torn labrum, the man playing with a messed up knee, the man playing with a messed up wrist, 
and you sitting back and telling me that he could not sit out one time again uh, to put Case Keenum in, that shows that as far as his job goes, it could be all this media speculation and everything like that, but as far as his job goes, he's perfectly fine. You got to bring in some some guy, somebody in here to give him some real pressure. If you want to bring in somebody to give him some real pressure, I sit back and say, look, you got Marcus Mariota that's a free agent this year. You got Jameis Winston who's going to be a free agent this year. I would actually go after Jameis. I know a lot of people got their gripes about Jameis, but the thing I love about Jameis, Jameis is not afraid to throw the ball. Jameis' decision-making had got better before he got injured in, in New Orleans. And also Jameis Winston had better stats than Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston has not played since October 31st. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you know you know how that goes. Um, if somebody got as just good as stats or if equal stats than you do and you played basically the whole season outside of two games and somebody hasn't played since October 31st, that should tell you all the signs that you need to know about Baker's season this year. Um, I don't think they're going to sign him to a long-term deal too. Like even if he plays good, like he might play good this year and then they sign him to a long-term deal. I wouldn't even sign him to a long-term deal. You sit back, you got you exercise his fifth year option. You get think two, you get two for sure. I think you get three, but you get two for sure franchise tags on him. So you exercise the fifth year option, franchise tag him, franchise tag him. That's it. Like this whole oh he got to prove it year. He shouldn't have to prove it. He shouldn't have to prove it. This is this is the time to be basically saying hey I need to get my money. But it don't make to me. It's it's a sign that the organization really don't trust them when, one, they sit back and say, we plan on having Baker Mayfield here instead of sitting back and saying, you know what, Baker Mayfield is our quarterback. We plan on having Baker Mayfield. That's the equivalent of, oh, yeah, hey, look, I plan on going to this barbecue. I got invited to this barbecue. I plan on going to the barbecue. But if another barbecue is happening down the street and it's more – you know, and it's, and it's more fun and there's more people that's over there. I'm going to go to that barbecue. That barbecue is better. But I plan on going to this one first. That's that's basically what they said. Hey, we plan on having Baker Mayfield our quarterback. But if we get a better quarterback and a better offer, best believe we're going to take it. That's exactly what that means. Exactly what that means. It, it's not a, he's our quarterback and everything like that. No, it's, hey, we plan on having him as our quarterback. Hey, I plan on having pork chops tonight, but I might go with the chicken. Who knows? So, you know, I mean, that's 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 kind of like that's kind of like the thing that they put him in and, and everything like that. I would not be surprised either if the Browns go get Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Have have Kenny Pickett come come in, maybe sit a year, get a veteran quarterback in, not Keenum. Because if they keep Keenum, they keep Keenum. But, you know, get another veteran quarterback in here. He can learn behind behind uh baker and, and and the veteran quarterback because everybody goes oh well, why would you want to learn behind them but you still got the studying aspect and the preparation and everything like that you can learn behind a veteran quarterback uh in that regard regardless if the veteran quarterback is playing or not but i would not be mad if they go get kenny pickett or anything like that but they need to apply pressure to baker mayfield by sitting back and saying hey look this is your last year bro and um, we plan on moving on without you, and we gonna do it in the middle of the season if we got to, and no ifs ands or buts about it. So they, they, that's one thing about about the Browns that I think they should do. I think another thing that they should do is keep Joe Woods. Everybody has been on this Joe Woods uh, wagon of oh you gotta fire him, you gotta get rid of him. It's Joe Woods. Is this? Is that? But to me, the I think. If you got to keep some stability, Joe Woods is that stability. Joe Woods' defense 
has improved. They went from the 17th ranked defense last year to the 6th ranked defense, 22nd passing defense last year to the 6th best passing defense this year. They their stats did drop in the rushing game a little bit. They had started they was right there in like 7 8 uh, throughout the year, then it kind of got worse as the year progressed and everything like that. So, you know, obviously I sit back and will want the improvement of our run defense. We gave up 116 yards per, per game uh, to teams. But that's also because of the simple fact that we were so we have built our defense on defending the pass, you know, from, from last year. Our, our defense last year, as far as the passing game went, was horrible uh, in 2020. So in 2021, we improved on that. Like I said, tw- from 22nd rank to 6th rank, that is a huge increase. That is one of the better turnarounds that the Browns have had as far as on the defensive side that I've seen in quite some time. And it showed this defense is gelling. This defense is playing together. They're getting better and better as the games have went on. It was a vast difference defense, especially in the passing game, from where it was against Kansas City compared to now. And everybody plays well and everybody's good like that. You got to keep Joe Woods here. Greedy's playing well. You got um, uh, Grant Delpit. You got Greg Newsome. You got you got Denzel Ward. You got Troy Hill. You got John Johnson. You, uh, I think Harrison's going to end up leaving. There's no doubt about it. They're not going to give him a big contract because, you know, you got John Johnson to, to cover that and everything like that. But this team needs continuity. This team needs consistency. And if you're going to have continuity and consistency and get this defense better, then no doubt about it. You got to keep Joe Woods and you got to re-sign Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney has had his best year here in Cleveland since he was in Houston. And I knew that was going to happen because when you got a Miles Garrett on the other end, all the focus is on Miles Garrett. Now, here comes Jadavian Clowney. See, Jadavian Clowney got all that flight because, oh, he didn't get a sack last year. He only played eight games. He's injury prone. Does that in third one? He's had one of his better healthy years this year. Not only that, but before he got injured last year, did he have any sacks? No, he did not. But he led the league in quarterback pressure and quarterback hits. So when you have that, when you're just almost there, yes, you want the sack. But when you have quarterback pressures and quarterback hits, you throw the timing and rhythm off from the quarterback to the wide receiver. And that's exactly what Javon Clowney did before he got here to Cleveland. Now you got a Miles Garrett on the other end. Now you got teams going, okay, we need to get on Miles Garrett, hold him as much as can. Oh, there goes Jadavion Clowney. Oh, crap, we forgot about him. I think Jadavion Clowney had like nine and a half sacks or something like that this year. Um, you've got to resign Jadavion Clowney. Um, you got to keep Joe Woods, resign Jadavion Clowney. If you're not going to trade Baker Mayfield, if you're not going to get rid of Baker Mayfield, then you absolutely, 100%, absolutely have to put some pressure on him and let him know, hey, this ain't just you losing your job at the end of the year. This is you losing your job in the middle of the season. He needs to feel that pressure, and right now he's not feeling that pressure. And then you got to go get a number one wide receiver. you got to go get a number one wide receiver. I would trade Austin Hooper, clear up some cap space, go get a number one wide receiver. I would not resign Jarvis Landry. I think you let Jarvis Landry walk. Um, you let Higgins walk. You develop Donovan Peoples-Jones. You develop Anthony Schwartz. You go get a number one wide receiver, whether it's in the draft or it's, it's in free agency. You got to bring in somebody else. The key names that are that are free agents this year, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams. You go get one of those three. You throw the goddamn Brinks, Brinks truck at them. Throw it at them. I mean, when I say throw it at them, you got a Superman throw it at them. That's what I mean by throwing the Brinks truck at them. 
So, I mean, those are the three things that I would do if I'm the Cleveland Browns. Actually, I said more than three things, but those are the things I would do with the Cleveland Browns. you got to go get one of these wide receivers. I mean, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, they're one of the better wide receivers in the game, especially Devontae Adams, one of the better route runners in the game. I'll say outside of Cooper Cup, he's the best route runner, uh, not named Cooper Cup in the league. So, I mean, obviously you're not going to get Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's not a free agent. The Rams are going to trade him. You have lost your mind if you think so. Uh, he's helped out Stat Patford as much as he can. Yes, that's what I call Matt Stafford. Uh, he's helped Stat Patford as much as he can. Trust me when I say the Rams are not going to trade Cooper Cup. There is no way in hell that the Rams trade Cooper Cup. But if you go get Devontae Adams, if Devontae Adams don't resign, go get Chris Godwin, go get Allen Robinson. You go get these guys. I would love to see Allen Robinson here. I would love to. I think he's a missed talent, but um, you know, it is what it is with that. We got to see what what's going to happen with that. Um, especially when the quarterback play is uh going in and concerning everything like that. But uh yeah, Allen Robinson's amazing. He's an amazing talent, an amazing uh wide receiver. Uh has been held back by bad quarterback play and bad offensive calling, but you got to get one of these three uh, wide receivers in order to prove the passing game and I think you got to go get a quarterback. And to me, Derek Carr, I would love to have Derek Carr here. I think Derek Carr needs a fresh start or a fresh change. Uh, I would sit back and say Jimmy G to a certain extent. The problem is Jimmy G doesn't really uh, stay healthy. I don't hate him as much. He's not like, wow, you know, like the media try to make him out to be. It's like, whoa, like, wow, look at look at Jimmy G. But I sit back and say he's a serviceable quarterback, and he's damn sure an effective quarterback that's going to get you some wins. And not to mention he's led his team to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? He's won – He's one defensive meltdown and one overthrown pass that that um that Emmanuel Sanders couldn't get to from having a Super Bowl ring on his finger and not Patrick Mahomes. So when you put that in perspective with a team that's ready to win the Super Bowl, I think Jimmy G would be a decent fit. I say Kirk Cousins too. Kirk Cousins get a lot of flack, but he only threw seven interceptions, threw thirty three touchdowns, had some good games, had some bad games. Um, but I, I sit back and take Kirk Cousins uh, for sure. And Kirk Cousins had his best year under under Stefanski as well. So why not sit back and take Kirk Cousins? He's gonna know the system, and you ain't got to come in and make him adjust it or anything like that. If you're going to trade Baker Mayfield, but we'll see how that goes. That's just my few key points for the Cleveland Browns offseason. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL head coaching firings. And you know, we got to talk about the NFL playoffs, my prediction previews on that, and the wild card games that are coming up. We got two today, three tomorrow, and one on Monday. You are listening to Technically It Is Real on North Coast Underground. We'll be right back after these messages. If you drive buzzed, it could cost you around $10,000. You'll face major legal fees, major fines, and steep insurance penalties. You could lose everything. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was .5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter, she's been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, 
You have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Welcome back to TIR Technically It Is Real. So let's get into the playoffs because the playoffs have finally started today. We finally figured out what were the 14 teams going in. And let's talk about this real quick because you know what? I just remember job of the week can also be the Indianapolis Coast. You really fumbled the bag against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You fumbled that bag? Really? Really? Jesus, you fumbled that bag. Yeah, you get Jobber of the Week as well. So we got three Jobber of the Weeks now, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, let's get into it. Like I said, playoffs is here. We finally got our 14 teams. 14 teams is the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers hold their number one seed, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs. The New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Las Vegas Raiders, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals, and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't can't remember if I said them or not. But nonetheless, now, I was listening to episode 5 the other day, and I was going through the uh, predictions about how the play, how I think the playoffs are going to shape up in August, and I would sit back and say this. I was wrong about some things. I was wrong about the Miami Dolphins making the playoffs. I was wrong about the Patriots missing the playoffs, but I will sit back and say this. I said that, that the AFC North will have at least two to three teams. I was right about that. I was wrong about the AFC West having uh, more than one team. I thought just Kansas City was going to make it. Um, you know, Dallas making it, that doesn't surprise me, anything like that. Um, but, you know, the, the playoffs kind of shaped up the way I thought it was going to be somewhat. You know, it was a little bit surprising, especially Cincinnati winning the division. That was definitely a surprise for sure. But uh, let's get into it, talking about Cincinnati. Cincinnati versus the Las Vegas Raiders. That is the game today here at 430. They will be playing in Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium. The last time these two teams faced was earlier this year when Cincinnati beat the Vegas Raiders 32-13. to Derek Carr is playing in his... I actually, I think this is actually his first playoff game because when the Raiders went to the playoffs the last time, he did not make it. Um, so, you know, I think this actually is Derek Carr's first game. This is definitely Joe Burrow's first game. Let's see how he plays. You know, he had the sore right knee and everything. But, look, both of these teams are about even on offensive side. They're, uh, Cincinnati's ranked 10th. Vegas Raiders are ranked 12th. Passing yards about the same. 7th uh, ranked for, for Cincinnati, 6th uh, ranked for the uh, Raiders. And running 
pretty much the same. I mean, this these two teams on paper are evenly matched. Uh, points per game, Cincinnati averages 27 points per game, while the Raiders average uh, 22 points per game. Uh, on the defense side of the ball, again, on paper, very similar to each other. Uh, it's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team twice, especially when they're not your division opponents. And, yes, the Bengals are coming in a little banged up. They should have set more of their starters out. Um, against the Cleveland Browns, but they didn't. But this goes on how good this can go for them. And for Cincinnati to win, for Cincinnati to win, they can't get beat by Waller. They can't get beat by Hunter Renfro. They have to keep those guys contained. Matter of fact, if I'm if I'm Cincinnati, I'm letting Waller beat me because Hunter Renfro is more of an impact player as far as as far as getting his team momentum and everything like that, like Waller's still trying to get into things because he was injured a lot this year and everything like that. But for 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 Cincinnati, don't let Hunter Renfro get a hundred yards. Don't let Hunter Renfro score score a touchdown. Don't let don't let Josh Jacob run all over you. You know what I'm saying? Like Josh Jacob started picking things back up as the year had progressed, as the year had went on, especially in the later half of the year. The last four games, Josh Jacobs was ball has been balling out. Matter of fact, scored nine touchdowns this year. Uh, if I'm Cincinnati, I got, I got, I got to, got to, got to stop Hunter Renfro from having a big game. Hunter Renfro has a big game. I think it changes everything for 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 the Cincinnati Bengals and there's one player that they need to stop on defense. They need to stop Max Crosby. Max Crosby is a player that nobody is talking about. Nobody's talking about. He's up for defensive player of the year and nobody's talking about Max Crosby. Max Crosby is a monster. He is an excellent pass rusher. And if Max Crosby have a big game and can stall out that offense, can stall out Joe Mick, Joe Burrow, stall out Joe Mixon, it's going to be a problem for Cincinnati. Cincinnati's looking for their first playoff win in 31, actually 32 years. In 32 years, last time they won a playoff game was back in 1990 against the Houston Oilers. That is the last time they won a playoff game. So they're definitely got to get this game. They got to get this win and, and, and get moving on to the next round. And it'll be great for Cincinnati. I'm actually kind of rooting for Cincinnati here. Yes. I don't like them. You know, I call them uh Kentucky, Ohio, Kentuckians, whatever. I'm gonna find a word to mix those two together, but you know, like uh, they're half Ohio, they're half Kentucky, but you know, they're Ohio team. Not, they're based in Ohio. They're Ohio team. Nonetheless, I got to support the Ohio team here. Uh, I do love the Raiders too. Don't get me wrong for the Raiders. To me, it's very simple. Let T. Higgins beat you. Do not let Jamar Chase beat you. Let T. Higgins beat you. If you let T. Higgins have a big game, that's one thing. You let Jamar Chase have a big game. That's an entirely, completely different thing. Like, T. Higgins have a great game. The offense is sitting there. They're moving in and everything like that. But when Jamar Chase get those big games and they get those big games, he gets deep down the field and everything like that, it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different monster that you're talking about with Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase just brings momentum and excitement to the team that, that really nobody else really can do with that team. Yes, Joe Burrow's a, a game changer for the team. Yes, Joe Mixon is phenomenal, but it's something about Jamar Chase that wakes that entire team up. So you got to let T. Higgins beat you if you are the Las Vegas Raiders. My prediction, I think Cincinnati wins their first playoff game in 32 years. I think they beat the Las Vegas Raiders by a score of 27 to 20. I think it would be a close game, but I think Cincinnati will end up driving down the field and scoring a game-winning touchdown with, with about a minute left, and then they'll go ahead and stop the Las Vegas Raiders. But that's another thing, too. Cincinnati cannot let Vegas get the ball 
and they and Vegas is only down by three or under. If Vegas is under down by three and under, and they drive down the field, Daniel Carson Carlson is gonna hit that game with a field goal or that game time field goal. So they need to win this game by four or more points. They need to have it to where. They if, if it comes down to Vegas having a game-winning drive or anything like that, Vegas need to score a touchdown and not hit a field goal. If that if that's the case with Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati goes ahead and take this game. Let's move on to the next one, the Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriots. It is game three, and it has been very interesting between these two teams. Last time these two teams faced each other was back the day after Christmas, 33-21 for the Buffalo Bills. But we know what happened the last time the Buffalo Bills played the the New England Patriots in Buffalo. Patriots only have to throw the ball three times, and they still beat them. Here's my problem with the Buffalo Bills. As good as Josh Allen is and everything like that, this offense is one-dimensional, and I don't have—I don't think it has nothing to do with Brian Dable. It has everything to do with the fact that Singletary has not had a good year this year up to his standards. He was out a couple of games and this, that, and the third, but they—they—they—they got it. They got to get this one-dimensional offense together. New England's mission is plain and simple: stop Josh Allen. You stop Josh Allen, Buffalo's not winning this game. The New England Patriots go on to the next round. Do I think the New England Patriots have the capabilities of stopping Josh Allen? Yes, I do. I really, 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 really do. And they've they've shown it before. A lot of teams have shown it. Even the Jacksonville Jaguars have shown that they can stop Josh Allen. Jacksonville stopped Josh Allen with their own Josh Allen. So, I mean... Look, it's not it's not a it's not one of those things where you can sit back um, and and be like, oh, Josh Allen's gonna go off, yada yada yada. No, New England contained Josh Allen in both assets of the game, and and to where to where the the, the Buffalo Bills have to rely on Devin Singletary. It's a wrap for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, especially if Mac Jones has a has a good game in Buffalo and everything like that. I can see that happening. I can see Josh Allen getting shut down by the New England Patriots. Uh, both teams. Are, are you know they they fairly match well against each other both times that the New England Patriots know what they're doing and when you have a coach like Bill Belichick when you have a coach like Bill Belichick who is to me and I think to a lot of people the greatest head coach to ever put on a headset and I know you got Joe uh, Bill Walsh you got Don Shula you got Hank Stram you got Vince Lombardi to me especially in this generation, Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach to ever put on the headset. So, uh, look, both of these teams defensively even, especially in total yards and passing. Buffalo Bills, the best defense in the league. The Patriots right there at number three. Buffalo, best passing defense in the league. Patriots right there at number two. Both give up the fewest amount of points per game. The Buffalo Bills give up 17 points per game. The New England Patriots give up 18 points per game. That's one and two. Both teams are great at stopping teams on third down. Buffalo Bills, number one in the league at 30.8%. The New England Patriots, 36.5%. Points per game on offense, even. Again, 28 points per game for the Buffalo Bills, 27 points per game for the New England Patriots. I think this is going to be a defensive battle. I think this is going to be a defensive battle. I think that the New England Patriots, if they can stop Josh Allen, will beat the Buffalo Bills. They will beat them by a final score of 13 to 10. That's how defensive this this game is going to be, in my opinion. If you look at the rest of the games, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Kansas City is winning that game. 
it wouldn't surprise me if some fluke thing happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Pittsburgh beat Kansas City, and the memes would be crazy if the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the, the Kansas City Chiefs. But nonetheless, I, I would sit back and say Kansas City wins their game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Eagles. Dallas might run into some trouble with the San Francisco 49ers. I think Dallas might might actually run into a huge problem with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I got the I got the Rams beating the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are going to go anywhere. I've I've said that since the end of November that the Cardinals is the Cardinals and you know, they they do great in September, October, and early parts of November after Thanksgiving. That's when they go downhill, and they've done that every single year that they have Cliff Kingsbury. Outside of that first year where it was just bad, but the last two years they've done that. It is no surprise, especially with that run and shoot offense that Texas Tech, not run and shoot, air raid offense that they like to run over there, and um, and everything like that. And especially with uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins uh, still not being active at this moment right now. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see the Arizona Cardinals beating the Los, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, let's get into some predictions about the playoffs because here, here's what I think. Here's what I think about this. I think the Cincinnati Bagels and the New England Patriots move on. I think they move on. So if they move on, Cincinnati will play the Kansas City Chiefs, which I think the Kansas City Chiefs moves on. And then the New England Patriots will sit back and play the, um, the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, if, if... Things get crazy because it can get hectic fast. If Cincinnati wins, New England wins, but Pittsburgh beats Kansas City, then it will be Pittsburgh versus Tennessee, and then it will be Cincinnati hosting the New England Patriots. But I don't think it's going to go like that. I think Kansas City handles their business. I think, you know, especially with Kansas City winning, what, nine out of the last ten games, They the only time they have lost ever since they had that eight-game win streak was against Cincinnati. They bounced back, won their game uh, last week. So, yeah, like nine out of the last ten games they won. I don't think they'll have any problem with that. Um, so, yes, I got Kansas City. Second round, Kansas City, Cincinnati, New England, Tennessee Titans. Uh, on the NFC side, I got the Buccaneers moving on to the next round. I got the Rams moving on to the next round. And I have the Dallas Cowboys moving on to the next round. With the Buccaneers being the second seed in the in the conference, the Buccaneers, end on, with my prediction, the Buccaneers would end up playing the Dallas Cowboys. And then the Rams would go up to Green Bay to play the Green Bay Packers in January at Lambeau Field. So I think those are my second round matchups. So second round matchups, I got the Rams versus Packers, Buccaneers versus Dallas, and then on the AFC side, Kansas City versus Cincinnati and New England versus Tennessee. I think Tennessee take care of business, especially with King Henry coming back. Tennessee take care of business against the New England Patriots. I think the Kansas City Chiefs take care of business this time against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then on the NFC side, I think we get a rematch of the NFC Championship game. I think we get the Buccaneers versus the versus the uh, Green Bay Packers and Lambeau Field rematch, everything like that. I don't bet against Tom Brady. I don't bet against Tom Brady. And I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady again. I think we get a Super Bowl rematch. I think with Kansas City versus Tennessee and Tampa and and um, and uh, Green Bay, I think Tampa comes out on top and I think Kansas City comes out on top. I think we get a Super Bowl rematch and I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win again. So those are just my predictions, but we're going to see because you know what? The NFL narrative this year has been all off the chart. There has been no narrative. There has been no one true dominant team at all, at all. Not even close to having one true dominant team. And that's the crazy part about this NFL season uh, at all. I mean, we've got a, a ton of memes. We've got a ton of great things to talk about, a ton of crazy stories, the Urban Myers, the Las Vegas Raiders. 
everything like that. We're going to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders when we come back because we got to talk about these head coach hirings and firings, who I think what one team that I think that should actually keep a coach that they have there now and also like that. So you want to stay tuned for that. You are listening to Technically Just Real on North Coast Underground. We'll be right back after these messages. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just got invited to the prom. Do you A, meet her date? I need to see your past date report cards, your driver's license, a list of references, and this hair sample. B, help her pick out a dress. <gasps> Don't you just love the long sleeves and turtleneck on this pantsuit? Ugh. C, attend the prom undercover. Mom, what are you doing here? I'm not mom, I'm <clears throat> Calvin, the new kid at school. Or D, capture her big moment. Uh, let's take a photo of you two. I'm in the middle. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Have you ever considered a career in radio or television? Then look no further. Call the Ohio Media School today. The Ohio Media School. We have seven campuses to choose from, and it's a hands-on course that is taught by broadcast professionals who work in the field. This includes 160 externship and internship hours at area radio and TV stations. We have job placement assistance right here on campus, and you get a diploma when you graduate. For more information, call 216-503-5900 or beonair.com. That's B-E-O-N-A-I-R dot com. Ohio Media School, where broadcasting careers begin. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, okay. the dreaded <laughs> splash fight. It's dad o'clock. And it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Mainstream radio sucks. We're not mainstream radio. You're listening to NorthCoastUnderground.com, where the underground starts with you. Welcome back to the show. Technically, it is real. So let's get into it. Let's talk about our head coaching firings because we had six of them. Vic Vangio, Matt Nagy, David Cully, Brian Flores, Urban Meyer got fired earlier in the year. We know about um, we know about John Gruden getting fired and Mike Zimmer and Joe Judge. So I think, what, that's actually more than six. That's what, seven or eight? Anything. Anyway, so let's get into it. We're going to break it down. We're going to go in order by city. So... Let's start off with the Chicago Bears firing Matt Nagy after four seasons, going 34 and 31 uh, was his record during his time there. Only losing season happened this year, but you got to keep in mind, 0-2 in the playoffs, mismanaging between Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields, two quarterbacks that they decided that Ryan Pace had decided to draft, which Ryan Pace is out as well. Um, 
Same problem that we got with Stefanski right now. He wanted to take over play calling. You got an offense coordinator. Why are you doing play calling duties? Worry about being an NFL head coach first and then worry about the play calling second. Y'all should kind of learn from Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick worries about being a head coach and he doesn't worry about the defensive play calling. Even though he's the official defensive coordinator, his son does the play calling. Hint, hint, worry about the goddamn going game management. So couldn't keep it. Uh, couldn't keep it. You know, the play calling was incompetent. You know, the, the Chicago, especially on the defensive side of the ball, built to win a Super Bowl. Built to win a Super Bowl. And I've said this all year long about the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos. They're basically the same team. Talent on the offense, excellent talent on the defense. One coach, one quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders. That's what the Chicago Bears are. Now, if they can hit good on their on their head coaching hiring, I think that'd be great. Uh, a name that comes to mind when it comes to the Chicago Bears is either Eric Bieniemy or you sit back and go get Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is a former Super Bowl winning coach. Why not go after Doug Peterson? Uh, he's very good at developing. Like like I said, Carson Wentz had his best years uh, under Doug Peterson, and then you got someone like a Eric Bieniemy who knows about development, knows about scheming, knows about changing things up and not as and, and doesn't come off as an incompetent uh, coordinator at all. I would sit back and you try to go Airbnb, but the main goal is is that you get a head coach that can sit back and develop Justin Fields. I think this job is a little little nicer than then I would say the Denver job is a little bit of a longer leash. You got a younger quarterback that you can develop. Uh, you don't have to really worry about Having a quarterback that's three years into the league or five years into the league, you got a quarterback that's that's looking for a direction, looking for a way to learn. Why not sit back, go after, go get Doug Peterson, go get a um, an Airbnb or anything of that nature. That's what I definitely go with. Uh, as far as Matt Nagy goes, I think Matt Nagy gets an offensive coordinator job somewhere. But as far as head coaching, at least for this year, I don't think that happens. I think he'll get an offensive coordinator job, stayed in offensive coordinating for a couple of years, and then I think he'll get another head coaching job a couple of years down the line. Um, so I'm giving job ratings between 1 through 10, 1 being the most undesirable job position, 10 being the most – High desire, uh, desired job position. I would give the Chicago Bears a seven. Like I said, same as the Denver Broncos. Excellent defense, good offensive weapons to build around. Has it has a good. They the one thing Chicago needs to do is rebuild their offensive line. That's one thing that I would sit back and say that they that the Bears are not in a better position than the Denver Broncos. But they're basically the same thing. Built to win a championship. But got a lot of incompetency, got a lot of holes in 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 the uh, in the waterfall for or in the faucet, whatever the hell it may be for that. Uh, but I give the job rating out of out of ten, I give it a seven. I would definitely give it a seven uh, out of ten. I, it's a good job, you know. You're playing in Chicago, so that's a big market. Uh, they might be moving to a new stadium within a few years. The McCaskies are a little bit more patient with their coaches, as long as you're winning games and and showing that there's improvement there. The McCaskies kind of you know, get their hands off of things and stuff like that. When it comes to winning, when it comes to losing, they, they're a little too much involved. Um, but with that, I think they get a good general manager in there as well. Why not? I think the Chicago Bears, general manager-wise, go after Elliot Wolf. I think Elliot Wolf is one of the more younger uh, executives. They need to go get Elliot Wolf. Elliot Wolf knows what the hell he's doing. He's Ron Wolf's son. You know, why not go get Elliot Wolf? But I would definitely – Definitely, definitely, definitely would say Chicago Bears is a 7 out of 10 as far as how good the job is for there. And let's talk about their AFC counterparts because, like I said, I think they're very similar. The Denver Broncos firing Vic Vangio after going 19-30 and in his in his three years there. 
uh, as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Never really got anything going. Uh, multiple quarterbacks, including Drew Locke, Joe Flacco, and Teddy Bridgewater. I will sit back and say this about Vic Vangio that I don't think a lot of people will say about Matt Nagy. Vic Vangio is highly respected. Vic Vangio will have a defense coordinating job as soon as some staffs get involved. He's going to get a defense coordinated job. There is no doubt about it. He's respected by the players. He's respected by the coaches. He's respected by the executives. But this was strictly a football move. Um, he has built a fantastic defense there. He has coached a fantastic defense. So the next coach that comes in, they're going to inherit a great defense. They're going to inherit a good offense. They need a quarterback there. That's the thing that does not make Denver as sexy as the Chicago Bears. Chicago got Justin Fields. Who the hell does Denver have? Nobody. They don't have nobody. They don't like Bridgewater is a solid career backup quarterback. I like Bridgewater a lot. Solid backup career quarterback. Drew Locke is going to be a backup quarterback somewhere else. Drew Locke's not the answer. They don't have a quarterback in there, and they don't have and they have a general manager who is trying to figure out who the hell the quarterback is going to be. And you're walking into a draft class that is not quarterback friendly this year. So unless they go out and go get a Marcus Mariota or a Jameis Winston. Or, or they trade for Kirk Cousins or whatever it may be. Denver's going to have some problems with the quarterback position, and the next head coach is going to have to inherit that and deal with that. Leading candidate for, for the Denver Broncos right now is Dan Quinn. But has why are the Broncos not learning a lesson about hiring defensive-minded coaches? Like, they hired um, Stephen Wilkes. That, I think that was his name from, from Arizona or whatever the hell it may be. It was like Stephen Wilkes. I can't even remember the guy's name right now. Then it was after that, it was Vic Vangio. And they got to realize, like, you've won all your Super Bowls with an offensive coordinator as a coach. Get an offensive minded guy. Eric Bianami would love to see that. Or forever, Bianami would be a good fit. He knows the Kansas City Chiefs. He knows how they run things left and right. If the enemy was to sit back and bring in, let's say, a Lovey Smith or even take Steve Spagnola from Kansas City and bring him on to his staff, Eric Bienemy would be the perfect fit. You know what I'm saying? Just get him a quarterback. Get him a quarterback. Like, for the love of God, they need a quarterback. Um, out of 10, this job reading gets a – you know, I had it at a 6. I give it a 5. I would give it a 5 just because it's not a strong quarterback class coming in this year. And it's not really a strong free agency quarterback class neither. Like Mariota, Mariota, Keenum, Jameis Winston, that's pretty much it. Like you're not going to sit there and go get a Brady. You're not going to get a Phillip Rivers. You don't want to trade for Carson Wentz, especially after the, the fiasco that the car, that Carson Wentz went through. Like Jesus Christ, that Jacksonville Jaguars game was horrible for him. But I give it a five. I, I gave it a six at first, but I'll just sit back and give it a five and just call it a day with the Denver Broncos. I think it's a sexy job because it's like, hey, look at this defense. Look at the offensive weapons you got. Look at the run game that we got. We got Melvin Gordon. We got the, we got we got all these guys. We got Sertan. We got you know this defense is amazing. Our defense got better when we traded Von Miller. We got some pieces from from Von Miller. Look what we can do. Okay, um, I need a quarterback. Denver. What? A qu- what? A- we don't know how to find a quarterback, and that's what makes the job not as not as attractive as Chicago Bears' job. So, yeah, I give Denver – at first it was a six. I give them a five, a five out of ten as far as people willing to go there. Um, let's move on to the Houston Texans. Houston Texans fired David Culley after just one year, four and 13. Uh, Culley was just a guy brought in because they needed a head coach. Nobody wanted to go there. 
Nobody, and I think still nobody wants to go there. The organization is in absolute shambles. No leadership. Don't know where it's going to go from there. I can say the same thing about Denver because Denver's trying to figure out who the hell their owner is going to be. But look at Houston. Look at Houston. They don't. They don't know who to listen to. They don't know when to listen to them. You still got the Deshaun Watson situation that's going on. You got. You got to bring in a quarterback. I, I like David Mills. I think that'd be the only good thing about that is that I was wrong about David Mills. I thought Mills sucked. I was wrong about it. Like either Mills is going to be a career backup quarterback or he's going to be a solid starter. But if you get some weapons around David Mills, give him the right development. I think David Mills can make it work. I think he honestly can. Um, if I'm them, I'm getting me an offensive-minded coach. I'll probably get a Brian Dable in there. Um, I think the enemy is not going to go there. Leading candidate for them is Gerard Mayo right now from New England. Um, I mean, it's one of those scenes where I'm like, look, I look at this organization as a whole. They have no direction. They have no leadership. They don't know what to do. They have all of these plot holes to fit in, and they have an organization that's not going to sit there and be patient with them. It's not they're not gonna sit there and say, okay, you gotta lose for three, four years while we get you right. There's none of that. They don't have that there. It's like, hey, if you don't win in two years, you're out. So to me, out of ten, I give him a two. The only reason why I'm giving him a two is David Mills. If it wasn't for David Mills, they'll get a one. They probably get a zero, to be honest, because you got Deshaun Watson, you got no leadership, you got the second worst roster in the league, not named the Jacksonville Jaguars. This job is not appeasing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only thing appeasing about this job, David Mills, and you don't have income, you don't have state taxes. That's it. That's it. If you got state taxes in Texas, they, 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 who taking the Houston job? I don't even think David Cully would have took the Houston job. I think he just took it because he was like, hey, I've been coaching for 25 fucking freaking years. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, okay, I, I'll go ahead and be a head coach. I'm, I'm, no, I'm fired. I'm gone. And David Cully ain't did nothing. His head coaching decision, I'm like, what is he doing? What is this man doing? Has he been coaching for 25 years? Like, come on now. This is ridiculous. But, yeah, I'll sit back and go out to Brian Dable. I know Brian Dable's not a hot name because the Buffalo Bills offense has been one-dimensional this year. But, overall, I'll sit back and go after that. Um when we, uh, when we come back, we're going to continue on with this. We're going to talk about the Jaguars, the, the Raiders, and the shocker that came from everybody was the Miami Dolphins firing Brian Flores, but we're going to get into that. You're listening to Technically It's Real North Coast Underground. We'll be right back after these messages. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was .5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter, she's been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Do you want to be on the radio or TV? Do you want a career in broadcasting? Then the Ohio Media School is for you. We have a hands-on course that is taught by broadcast professionals that already work in the field. 
the Ohio Media School has seven different campuses that you can choose from. We also include 160 intern hours that you get from working at a real-life local radio or TV station. We also have two radio stations on campuses operated by the students. Once you graduate and receive your diploma, yes, it is a diploma program, we have career placement assistance to help you build your resume and help you find your first job in the broadcasting industry. For more information, call 216-503-5900. Again, that number is 216-503-5900 or go to beonair.com. That's beonair.com. The Ohio Media School for Broadcasting Careers. Welcome back to the show. So let's continue to talk about these uh, NFL head coach and firings. We're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer fired in the middle of the year. We all know what happened with Urban Meyer. We all know. It was, you know, him dancing up on women and him not flying back with his team, him asking for coaches for their resume. And have y'all noticed that the Jacksonville Jaguars started playing better after he left? Yeah, that shows you everything you need to know about Urban Meyer. Um, Trevor needs the development. He needs it fast because everybody's already calling him a bust. And it's like, whoa, chill out. Chill out. I understand he was a once-in-a-generational talent, but you can't be a once-in-a-generational talent with Urban Meyer as your head coach. You just can't do it. Uh, there's one person that needs this job that I think should get this job. It's Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell is going to bring some accountability. He's going to bring some discipline. He's going to develop Trevor Lawrence very well. Jim Caldwell is an excellent head coach, and he's an excellent, excellent offensive play caller. Um, develops quarterbacks very well. Joe Flacco has some of his best years under under Jim Caldwell, and we know what Joe Flacco can do. So that should tell you something about Jim Caldwell. Um, even I think it's true. Even Matt Stafford has some of his better years <laughs> under under Jim Caldwell. So, you know, Jim Caldwell, yeah, he's, he's to me should be the leading candidate. They're talking about Bill O'Brien. Now, I know if you get Bill OGM, horrible decision. Bill O'Brien as the kid coach. I think is a good fit. I think he'll bring in some discipline. He'll bring in some accountability. I know a lot of people got their doubts about that because of the reports or whatever it may be. But you got to think about his entire tenure with the Houston Texans prior to him becoming a general manager and him becoming arrogant. Don't give him the keys to the whole organization. Give him the keys to the football team. I think he'll be a whole lot less arrogant. I think he's kind of learned since he's been away from the NFL and been away from head coaching at the NFL level. I think Bill O'Brien's a good hire. I think it's a good development for Trevor Lawrence because you see what the development that Deshaun Watson had under Bill Bill O'Brien before the firing and everything like that. But if I am the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got to go at the Jim Caldwell. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I would say this. One out of ten, one out of ten, I would sit back and say three. I would give this job a three rating as far as good uh, as far as uh, thing because like I said, Jim Caldwell, he he's the guy. He's the guy. I mean, Detroit had their best years under Jim Caldwell, and that's hard to do with the Detroit Lions to have a good year, let alone a few good years um, as well. So yeah, I would definitely sit back and say you know Jim Caldwell got to be the guy there and in Jacksonville, no doubt about it at all. The job rating is three. You got Trevor Lawrence. You can still build him in development. I think I still think he's a generational talent. It's just bad offense scheme, bad offense, bad development, bad everything. The organization is a hot mess. And what also gives it a three is that Shad Khan is a patient owner. Uh, I don't think he wanted to initially fire Urban Meyer, but it was just a lot of things about Urban Meyer where he was like, look, I can't be patient with you. If you can't get at least a year 
out of Jacksonville with Shark Khan as the owner, you did something really, really, really bad. And that's exactly what the the Urban Meyer, the urban legend, you know, as per se, would go for that. So, um, yeah, definitely for sure, Jim Caldwell or I wouldn't oppose Doug Peterson either, but it seems like they're leaning towards Bill O'Brien, which as far as just a head coach, just a head coach only, I think is a good hire. If you give him the keys to the ring, make him general manager, then that's that's when you got to cut it. But strictly head coach, strictly football operations, as far as on the field product and scheming and everything like that, Bill O'Brien, I think that's it's not a bad hire, but they need some straight up strong discipline and some straight up strong leadership jim caldwell be that guy especially since you've got to also think jim caldwell also led a team to the super bowl as well and again led detroit lions to a couple of winning seasons so that should show you as well uh let's move on to the las vegas raiders we know about john gruden we know about the emails nfl released the rest of the six hundred fifty thousand emails um i sit back and say this and i've said it before in past but i will say it again what John Gruden said and what John Gruden did is egregious and atrocious. Should not be commended at all. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But do I think it was a straight-up sabotage move to just get him out of Las Vegas? Oh, yes, I do. Because where the mother emails at? Where they at? Where they at? That should just show you that John Gruden was sabotaged. Especially when, when Roger Goodell read what, what, what John Gruden was saying about him. You don't think those emails were released intentionally to sabotage him? Yes, it was. Now... Is it John Gruden's dumb fault for doing it? Yeah. But does he sabotage? Yes. And I think that lawsuit is still going on or is still pending and everything like that. So it's going to be more development out of that. Leading candidate for the Las Vegas Raiders is Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is the leading candidate. His name has been floated around that entire job this entire time. And I will sit back and say this. I would not hire Jim Harbaugh. I would not hire Jim Harbaugh. I will actually keep it in building. Their answer is right there in front of their face. Rich Basati. Rich Basati. 7-5 since he's taken over as the interim head coach. This team went from no direction at all. You got the Henry Ruggs thing. You got the, the cornerback that they drafted in the first round. You got all these issues, all these injuries, all these problems. And the Las Vegas Raiders are in the playoffs under the leadership of Rich Basati. And under the leadership of Mike Mayock. You keep Mike Mayock there. You keep Rich there. There's no doubt about it. To me, outside of the Minnesota Vikings, the Las Vegas Raiders have the strongest roster of any of these teams that have been uh, that are going through a coaching change. You got to keep Rich there. They're building something there. Rich is actually doing something there. And they're not collapsing in the middle of the season like they always do under John Gruden. This is your guy. And especially if the Vegas Raiders can beat the Cincinnati Bengals and move on to the second round, you have your answer and Rich Biscotti. This rating, I would give it an 8 out of 10. This is strong offense, good offense, strong defense, very strong defense, especially with Max Crosby over there. Um, they got a general manager that knows what he's doing, especially if they keep it there. Also, you're going to be living in Las Vegas. You're going to be living in Las Vegas. You're going to be living in Nevada. What, what better location outside of Florida than that? You know what I'm saying? So, to me, it's 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 an eight. It's an eight. Also, the Raiders, maybe they should flip a coin about who, who, their, who their next head coach is going to be. I don't know. Maybe the Raiders need to flip the coin today to see if they're going to win this game today. And if you don't know about the coin thing, the Raiders, uh, a fan of the Raiders, have made this, uh, has a coin. 
and it determines rather the Raiders win or lose what their record was and what their seeding was. Outside of the seeding that they got and the two games that they actually predicted wrongly, the coin has gotten it right. The coin is 15 and 2. 15 and 2. And predictions. And it predicted that the Raiders are gonna go 10 and 7 and make the playoffs. So maybe they need to flip a coin about this game, and maybe they need to flip a coin about who the who the head coach is gonna be. But I think you keep Mike Mayock, you keep uh keep Rich in there, I think they'll be just uh fine as well. Um and then let's go to the more shocking. Let's go to the shocking uh one of the day. The Miami Dolphins firing Brian Flora as a 25 I mean 24 and 25 record in three years but here's the thing he went 24 and 18 in his last 42 games this one really surprised everybody I don't even think Brian Flores was on the hot seat I, I thought I thought that seat was pretty cold or maybe 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 a little lukewarm you know how you you know how you put the warm water in a pot and then you Put it on on low heat, maybe maybe something like that. But I didn't think it was boiling, roaring hot. I didn't think I don't think nobody saw that coming. I didn't see it coming. Did you see it coming? I don't think we saw that coming. Um, to me, Doug Peterson got to be the guy there. Um, I think he could develop to it very well. Um, they got some talent on 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 both sides of the ball. It's Florida. Um, look, the next head coach is going to have to inherit a, ball, a bad offensive line, and he's going to have to also inherit what the Miami Dolphins are going to do with Tua. I think Tua's good. I don't think he's as bad as they're making him out to be or to where they need to trade him. I don't think that at all about Tua. Um, they have to deal with an impatient owner, though. Owner's a little impatient, especially when the team is mediocre or in the middle of the pack and they're not winning. He's a little impatient. Um, but like I said, Miami's defense is good, especially with Jalen Phillips over there. You got Jalen Waddle. Uh, he's going to be a star. I would give this job a six. It's Miami. It's beautiful weather. It's it's it's, it's a good football town overall, especially for you know for the Miami Dolphins. You know, I think they're a good football town. I think the organization is decent. You got an owner who's not afraid to spend money, but you also got an owner that's not afraid to fire you as well. Um, the Flores firing definitely came out of nowhere. I would sit back and say this about Brian Flores. And I'm about to talk about the next team where I think he should absolutely go to. He's been linked to to Denver and he's been linked to Chicago. But the team Brian Flores needs to go to is the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings finally firing Mike Zimmer after eight seasons. He is the only other coach with a winning record during these firings. Not uh, like him and Nagy are the only two player, uh, only two coaches that have winning overall winning records and have still been let go. But let me tell you why. Not only do I think this should have happened last year, but just to give you a little bit of this. In the last two years, the Minnesota Vikings have gone 15 and 18 and have and have gone 33 and 31 since they went to the NFC Championship game back in 2017. Like I said, it should have happened last year, but this team is loaded with a lot of talent. Now, yes, you got some questions about about the Kirk Cousins thing. Are they going to trade him? Are they going to let him walk? Are they going to do this? Are they going What is going to go on with Kirk Cousins? Do they want to sit back and pay that salary to Kirk Cousins? We don't know. But the one thing that we do know for sure that to keep Kirk Cousins, you got a quarterback. Everybody crap on Kirk Cousins. Maybe he's not as effective or whatever it may be, but Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. You got Thielen, you got Jefferson, you got that defense. Minnesota's the Minnesota's the best roster in this entire firing. You look at the, the Dolphins and the Raiders, like the Raid like the Dolphins is building a strong roster. The Raiders have a strong roster. They need to keep rich there. Um, but Minnesota got the best roster. Minnesota got a roster winning Super Bowl. 
I don't think there's no doubt about that. It might be a little doubt because you got the Packers and you got the Buccaneers. But as far as like on paper, Minnesota has a roster to make some noise in the NFL and make a deep run in the playoffs. And the fact that they're not in the playoffs again and they haven't been in the playoffs in a minute, it's kind of alarming and it kind of shows where Mike Zimmer was at this point, how much Mike Zimmer was holding this team back. If I had to give this a 1 out of 10, this job gets a 9. That's how good it is. And the only reason why it gets a 9 is because you're living in Minnesota. It's cold. It's brutal. Yes, you play indoors, but it's cold. It's brutal. It's not as attractive as a Miami or Las Vegas or 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 Jacksonville as far as weather and living and and the money situation and stuff like that. But if you want a roster where you get a quarterback and you inherit a great roster and you can potentially make a, a playoff run with the roster, it is definitely the Minnesota Vikings over anybody else. That includes the team that is in the playoffs right now. So, um. So, um, you know, it is what it is with that and everything like that. But, yeah, I would sit back and say Minnesota is definitely the sexier job out of the two and everything like that. So, I mean, definitely for sure, I would sit back and say, look, Minnesota, it's a nine. And if Minnesota hits a home run with their general manager and the head coach, it could be a ten for sure. And then let's talk about the New York Giants. We talked about Joe Judge. We talked about about the culture he was building there and. Former players are texting him. They want to come back to the New York Giants. Yeah, they want to come back. Look at the clown show over there in Washington, D.C. This is the real culture. You surrendered. Like we said earlier in the show, you surrender. You surrender badly. Um, He's done nothing. He's done nothing there. Nothing has improved. Matter of fact, Barkley has extremely regressed since Joe Judge has been there. That's something Pat Shermer can't even mess up. Man, You messed that up. You messed that up, and you still was going to keep your job. I will sit back and say this, because I, I don't have a lot to say about, about the Giants. I don't. A bad roster, bad team, no direction again, just like the Houston Texans, but they don't have a big scandal hanging over their head. And I would say this again about Houston, I mean about the New York Giants over the Houston Texans, is that they have an owner who's patient. Now, yes, he's going through – three head coaches in the last seven years or whatever it may be. But overall, John Mira doesn't like to keep rotating and rotating and rotating head coaches. He like to keep them a long time. Matter of fact, he tries to find ways to keep coaches instead of finding ways to fire them. That's why I'm going to give this a four out of ten. Just because of the simple fact is, is that they get a good general manager, they get a good roster in there, you're going to get an owner that's going to be patient as long as you sit back improve, win games, and don't embarrass the brand. You do that, then okay, be fine, you'll be okay. Everything is good. Everything's cool like that. So, um, you know, those are the NFL head coach firings. Ooh, who would I like to see for the New York Giants, though? Real quick, I think I would like to see um, someone who's going to be tough, who's going to hold people accountable. Again, if Jacksonville doesn't get Jim Caldwell, then I think it would be a good fit for for the uh for Jim Caldwell to go there. The only difference is he's going to have to find a quarterback compared to taking on a generational talent. But nonetheless, um, you know, they need somebody that's going to keep the shit tight. And I would see I would like to see the New York Giants get a a Jim Caldwell or even a Jim Harbaugh for that matter 
or even I would sit back and say this, maybe Rich Passat. He can sit back and, and take care of that and keep that ship tightened. So uh, those are the NFL head coaches firings. Uh, final thoughts on this is that, um, look, this is going to be an interesting offseason. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting time looking at who gets their right coaches, who gets the general managers, who, who's going to go here, who's going to go there, and everything like that. And these teams got to figure it out because the combine is coming up and everything like that. And you got to figure out where it's going to go. This is going to be a very interesting offseason. Uh, for sure, and it's going to be one that we're definitely going to be looking out for and watching for sure, and there is no doubt about it. Um, for for the Cleveland, I mean for for the Cleveland Browns, they have to figure out what's going to go on with Baker Mayfield and how is that going to turn out and everything like that. For the for the Miami Dolphins, who is going to be their next head coach? Who is going to take them over that next level? Minnesota, same thing. Who is going to take Minnesota to that next level? To me, Brian Flores, I think he's the perfect guy for that job. He'll still bring that tough discipline and be willing to take chances and everything like that. So, um, you know, I think that's it. So, that's that's been it for Technically It Is Real. Like I said, you can follow the official Technically It Is Real uh, Twitter page. Just type in at T-I-R underscore five nine. Again, that is at T-I-R underscore five nine. You'll know that this show uh, replay will be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on Anchor as well. Also, you can follow me at Twitter at Tyrell W. Jackson 1. Again, that is Tyrell W. Jackson 1. Um, we know how we do it here. We're going to play you out with some RMG No Problems to play you out on this cold day here in Valley View, Ohio. This is been Technically It Is Real. I've been Tower Jackson, and it has been real. Playing you out with No Problems by RMG. Signing off. You have finished listening to another presentation of Technically It Is Real on NorthCoastUnderground.com. I have been your host, Tyrell Jackson, and it has been real. Go Browns, Cavs, Guardians, and Fighting Irish. Have a great week, everybody.